Hi everybody, this is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day. Today, episode 140, we catch up with culinary plant food chef, integrative health practitioner, health and wellness coach, as well as online cooking course extraordinaire, and I do mean extraordinaire. Her name, Claire Roberto. She was able to take time out of her busy schedule while traveling in Kuwait to help us bring you this episode, episode 140 of Total Wellness Radio. Appreciate you making us a part of your busy day. Today, I'm super excited. I have Claire Roberto. She's in Kuwait today, and we have her on the line. Claire, are you there okay? I'm here. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time to be on Total Wellness Radio. And my goodness, I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. You're in Kuwait. We've, this is quite an amazing feat you and I get to experience today. <laughs> it is indeed. It's your morning, I think, and it's my nighttime. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, uh, uh, some of the folks and the listeners already know, I had a chance to, uh, to interview with uh, Gary Troller uh, here about a month and a half or so back. Yeah. And uh, you're his better half. I am. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. It's great that you guys are keeping it in the family, this natural health journey you're on. Yes, indeed. Well, that's, that's how we met, essentially. Well, let's start there, because that's one, of the, that's one of my most, for me anyways, intriguing questions. I'm fascinated with what puts people on this natural health path, and I would love for you to take whatever time you feel comfortable with and sharing your story uh, to the degree that you wish as far as what put you on a natural health path and, and got you going down this journey. Yeah, sure. Um, So essentially, what got me into the natural health game, or just interested in natural health was actually my eating disorder. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've, I suffered from an eating disorder for 16 years. uh, And a few years back, it was just time for me to sort myself out and finally reach out for help and all of that. And yeah, that's what got me there. Okay. Now you met, and this is this puts you in touch with Gary. Is that is that, uh, or how did, well, how did you and Gary meet? Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fast forward many years. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I um, I had been traveling. I've been traveling out of South Africa for probably the last, I'd say, just over ten years. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I had been working in Dubai as a private chef for. a VVIP family and it was finally time for me to come home back to Cape Town uh as I arrived back to Cape Town a friend of mine said to me that she had a friend who's got a podcast and he's been really interested to interview me and yeah the rest is history I walked in and Gary interviewed me and yeah that's how we met (laughs) well you know it's it's not it's very refreshing when a woman can can say that the man interviewed her for a change (laughs) <laughs> and you guys <laughs> and you and you and you guys have developed into an amazing relationship that's so cool yeah we met and after nine months we got engaged so wow that's so cool. yeah <laughs> that is awesome when you you know in the intro with uh, for our listeners you know the intro i'd covered you know some of your some of your background some of the things that you've accomplished you know as far as uh you know culinary plant foods chef obviously you're you're an integrative health practitioner uh, wellness coaching, online cooking courses. What do you find to be, because that's, that's a diverse, you know, mix of value, right, that you bring to people. I'm curious as to what you find to be the most exciting part of your career. 
Um, definitely my plant-based chefing is uh, my true passion. Um, I went into health coaching just because I wanted to uh, just get even more knowledge into food and how I can help people because essentially being a plant-based chef is my sneaky way of changing the world one one plant-based meal at a time. (laughs) Wow. So now do you do a lot of uh, things with uh, online and that type of thing? Is that where you primarily focus your attention? Yeah, so Gary and I have got an online cooking course uh, where people can, you know, if they're interested in the plant-based journey or anything with regards to health, they can go online and learn the basics um, Mm -hmm. of plant-based cooking, which is super, super, um, yeah, helpful and beneficial to everybody out there. Yeah, we're actually going into more online stuff. Um, There's lots of exciting things happening for 2019. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. super excited. I can't wait to get started. (laughs) Good for you. Now, when you say plant-based, are you you referring to like anybody can benefit or is it just for like, and we haven't used this term yet, but is it vegan only? I mean, what are you, when you say plant-based, is it it geared towards vegan or um, that type of thing? Yeah, it's pretty much 100% vegan. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anybody could benefit still, correct? I mean, of of course. course. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now, what do you find to be the one of the most challenging things that you face in your career, Claire? Um, I would probably say so I consult. I'm I'm now a, a chef consultant. So I travel around the world to people who are interested in opening vegan restaurants, plant-based okay. restaurants. Okay. And I go and do that for them. So I come up with an entire menu for them. I develop recipes for that menu. And then I fly to wherever they are in the world. For instance, I'm now in Kuwait. Okay. <laughs> and I essentially implement my menu, train the chefs on the ground, and basically wait for the right time to open the cafe or a restaurant or whatever it may be. And then I'll be on the ground for a little while while it opens just to make sure that everything runs perfectly. And yeah, then my baby is open and I'm free to travel to the next place in the world that needs a plant-based restaurant. That's amazing. You, you're touching on so many things. My mind is just spinning. Now, here in the, here in the, <laughs> here in the United States... Yeah, I would I would think that there's, you know, not a, there's a high demand for you probably globally, I would suspect. But here in the States, are you seeing a much more uh, activity and, and restaurants of this type, you know, the desire to open that kind of restaurant being, uh, you know, amplified? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I I mean, I was just in the States uh, a couple of months back and it was my first time on American soil. Uh, I mean, I've traveled the world extensively. I've lived in like six different countries I never got to America, though, so it was really exciting. But the most thing that was exciting for me was to see how much plant-based, how much vegan is just booming over there. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so incredible to see and how, like, it's it's the norm there, you know? It's not weird to walk into a restaurant that's 100%, like, raw vegan or uh, walk into the supermarkets and have, like, 10 aisles of different kinds of almond milk. It's, it's so amazing. You know, if I now, compare you... it to other parts of the world where uh, veganism hasn't really begun to grow yet, it's just, yeah, super exciting. 
So you do feel based on what you've witnessed and, and with your traveling the globe doing this, that the United States has really got a, like a, a pretty high pace for this type of activity, this type of restaurant? Yeah, definitely. Why is it that it seems to be so obscure to find them? Um, I think it's just, uh, I don't know, America's always ahead of the game with a lot of things like that. Europe as well. I mean, Europe, uh, like Germany, um, uh, Italy as well, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. The vegan scene there is also booming. I think it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, for instance, in Cape Town, where I'm from, okay. um, it's beginning to grow pretty rapidly now. If I compare it to five years ago, uh, before, because uh, like I say, I've traveled so much. Um, five years ago, there was like nothing. Then I traveled and I lived overseas, came back after five years, and suddenly there was vegan restaurants everywhere. It was very exciting. Wow. Yeah. So how long, when you go into an area, well, first of all, let me back up, because like you say, you, you, your comments are making my head spin here a little bit, <laughs> and, that, and I find that very fascinating, okay? Um, if you talk to Becca, she'll say my head is always in that constant space, but it's really not. I mean, I'm, I, do, can, I can focus when I need to. How, when you, how does somebody go about contacting you if they want to put a restaurant in their community? I mean, like, what's the criteria? Does it need to be a certain population to be, like, a successful from a business side? I mean... What are some of the criteria that's going to bring you, Claire, to an area and do this, do this work by setting up a restaurant? Well, for instance, in Kuwait, I mean, this is definitely not a, a vegan-scented uh, culture over here. Okay. Uh, really, it's not super um, animal-based eating over here. But the owner of the restaurant is vegan herself, and she is a... Um, very well-known social media influencer. She is a fashion and beauty blogger. Um, she's a really lovely lady. Her name is Dalal, and she has over two and a half million followers on Instagram. She contacted me uh, when I was consulting in Bali about, wow, must have been about seven months ago now. Okay. And she, just, she just said to me, she's like, I'm vegan. I want to have a vegan cafe in my city. I think it'll work please, can you come and open one for me? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't know what the criteria is for a city. I mean, that's not really for me to um, think about. I'm the creative that comes in and does all of that sort of. Gotcha, gotcha. That, that side of things. <laughs> so, so being the creative, I'll shift gears and I'll just ask you some questions. Uh, let me tell you about Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, population about sixty to 70,000 people. Uh, mm-hmm. We are known primarily for one thing annually and that's the daddy of them all uh rodeos yeah the granddaddy of them all right the cheyenne frontier days okay. now so so now you're thinking about the mentality or the the mindset is like very western very mm. cowboy culture very very outdoorsy very um you know that that type of of you know cattle drives and cookouts and camping and things of that nature so with that information what type of restaurant would you come to shine and design for me I would come and design. Um, well, essentially, I can convert anybody. I've converted so many people with my food. Um, I know that sounds presumptuous, but it's certainly true. I've, cre- I've converted 45-year-old men who have eaten my food. I Excellent. can essentially take anything, any meal that is animal-based, and I can veganize it and make it taste better and make it healthier for you so i mean really it's a win-win that's beautiful 
Yeah. I like it. We're going to have to talk. <laughs> I might have to put a cafe in, in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah, I might have to come <laughs> cook for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a vegan, but just talking to you about this makes me want to really explore this more closely. <laughs> I mean, if you can make a T-bone, if you can make kale taste like a T-bone steak, I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to your uh, when it comes to your background and the things that you've been accomplishing so far, who who would you like to who would you like to give credit for having the most influence on you in terms of the path you now embrace and enjoy? Um, well, I'd say it all started with my love for food. Uh Um, and that's been a love affair since I was a very young girl. I knew I wanted to be a chef by the age of 13. I was, I was dead set. I was so sure. Um, and I think it's probably my grandmother or in South Africa, as we call it, our Oma. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember sitting in the kitchen, in her kitchen on her farm when I was a very young girl, I had a special chair that I would drag from the one room to the next into the kitchen and it would have like this little step ladder that I would climb up on and watch her cook and bake and I was I was enthralled by it by it all and I began cooking at a very young age I mean I remember cooking a full dinner for my mom and I um at the age of nine so yeah it's been a long time (laughs) that's awesome do you find the creative process, because you mentioned, you know, you are the creative, the business side leaves someone else, but the creative side, do you find that watching your grandmother cook, was, was she the thing and was very, like, meticulous with recipes, or she was really like, let's explore this and see what happens? No, she was, I, I wouldn't say she was meticulous. She was a great baker. So, I mean, that always requires a lot of meticulous skill, baking, because it's a science um, but I wouldn't okay. say she was super meticulous, but I mean, her food was epic. It was so, so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So you're, how long does it usually, t- uh, you, how long do you have to usually stay in an area? Like how long do you anticipate being in Kuwait on this? this um, I've be- so the restaurant is due to open on Wednesday. Um, and I fly out on 16th of Jan. So total time would be roughly two months. I've been here. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. To start a venture, like from basically from scratch, correct? Yeah, Yeah. It was literally from absolute scratch. And I mean, it's been pretty challenging getting certain specialized ingredients here because this cafe that I'm doing is it's not like junk food restaurant vegan it's literally health food healing food completely clean zero sugar zero gluten Um, a lot of it is raw uh, baked goods everything you can think of and literally no added flavorings, no preservatives, 100% clean. So the specialized ingredients and tools that I needed for this cafe were pretty tricky to get here because that sort of stuff doesn't exist in Kuwait. But we've done it. We've done it. So in terms of like fresh fruits, vegetables, spices, herbs, you know, the, the other things that you use to create these, these delicacies, are you, is this something that you can store up there at the restaurant or are they getting deliveries almost on a daily basis? I mean, what is, what is the kind of the flow 
to keep something like that going. It's just fascinating. The logistics of this is what's yeah. really quite amazing <laughs> to me as well. So um, dry store stuff like nuts, seeds, spices, and that sort of thing, you know, that has a, a shelf life that can get stored um, nicely here in the cafe. Fresh produce will, yes, probably be um, delivered daily, depending on how busy we get. But I, I would wow. like it to be daily so that we have the freshest of the fresh. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So between online cooking courses that you and Gary are actively involved in and setting up vegan restaurants all over the world, is there, is there really any other like goals for your future that you could even possibly share right now? Goals. Hmm. So I've always been one of those people. I have goals, but as far as looking into the future is concerned, I've never been one to do that. I've always yeah. lived for the now, the moment. Yeah. Um, and I learned so much more about that when I did my yoga teacher training course in India. Um, I always thought there was something wrong with me, not wanting to look into the future. And then I learned that it's actually a pretty good way to be living in the moment. Yes. <laughs> so um, for this year, if I had to think of goals, I would probably say... Um, like I said, I've got a lot of exciting things on the horizon, uh, an app and um, more online cooking courses within that app. And then, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's definitely, definitely my goal to get that up and running. It's in the works now, which is super exciting. And then yes. my goal since I was a little girl is to always have my own beautiful recipe book. Like when I say beautiful, I mean like mm -hmm. coffee table beautiful um, but mm -hmm. I know that that's going to take some time because I am 100% a perfectionist. So <laughs> everything will need to be perfect for it. So that might not be this year, but let's say an ebook out is definitely, definitely a goal. That's awesome. You know what? what uh, listening to you share, and I am so much on the same page with you. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's okay to plan for the future. Just don't try to plan the outcome right now. Yeah, right? I mean, exactly. It's like, it's okay to have those. And so you strike me as someone that's very much like me and that I'm not much of a goal person either. I love experiences. Yeah, totally. And in order to have experiences, I have to live right here, right now. I got to keep my head where my that's hands right. are. That's right. Life is right now. Is that mm -hmm. right here. And so I appreciate you so much for sharing, sharing that that way because it reminds me of something that I have a real strong connection with. And that is that, you know, I've, I've, I've got plans. I've got a plan for 2026, yeah. Yeah. right? I do. I, there's a, there's a piece of my bigger plan that actually doesn't even start to, I'm working towards it now and I'm gaining the experience of that. Now I'm logging and actually doing some journaling on that right now, those experiences of things that I'm going, but I don't even see them even remotely coming close to materializing yeah. until 20, 2026, 2027. So it's okay to have those, but it's the experience of the now that matters most. That's so great that I'm glad you yeah, shared exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, ultimately, my life goal is to, like, veganize the whole world with my food. But there's no point in me looking, like, right, right to the end of my life. I might as well just live for the day. And just yeah. one plant-based vegan meal at a time. That's all it takes. One a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That's awesome. What is, by far, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, most likely Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I have like YouTube and my website will be going live within the next month. Um, but Instagram is my most um, active platform. It's actually how most of my work comes through Instagram. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is that? Uh, that just is Claire it's Roberto. Claire. In the yeah, my handle is my full name, which is Claire Sharon Roberto. Um, okay. Yeah, Sharon is spelled a little little differently. It's S H A R R Y N. Um, but yeah, that's me. So Claire Sharon Roberto on Instagram is the best way. Excellent. Okay, and you say you got a website going live next yes. month. You say. Is it okay if we share that of now course. for our listeners, or is it something? Yes. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'd like to capture this. Yeah, please. It's just ClaireSharonRoberto.com. Excellent. Keep it simple. <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. Do you have, in regards to your online cooking courses, is there anything coming up uh, right now uh, that people should know about? Anything that you can announce in that area that we can kind of get people prepped a little in advance if they want to tune into hmm. those uh, courses? Um, not just yet. There's still things happening that I can't, that I can't speak about just yet. But things will be going live on the website, on Instagram, etc. Okay, so they can actually plug into uh, your courses not just through your website, but also on the Instagram yes. site. Then that's so mm -hmm. great. That's so great. I, I think I know what you might say here, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, because it's one yeah. that I always love to ask. If there's one thing that you would love for our listeners to hear you say and walk away with, what would that be? So Murphy's Law would have it that the line broke up as you asked me that question. Oh, well, I'll repeat <laughs> it. Thank you. Uh, if there was one thing that you would want to make certain that our listeners heard you say today that's going to bring them the most value, what would that one thing be? Hmm. I would say, hmm. how can you use what you have to make a difference in other people's lives? That's fantastic. <laughs> that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Yes. And I look forward to hearing uh, more about you. And, uh, you know, I really do. Um, uh, if you can come up with a recipe, and I believe you can mm -hmm. come up with one that will replace a T-bone steak, I'm all about it. I am so game. A challenge is, is something that is very <laughs> exciting to me. I mean, I've, I've veganized the, the BLT, um, so many things. It's one of my most popular dishes, and it actually was one of the things that converted a 45-year-old man that I was cooking for. So, <laughs> yeah, game on. <laughs> so if you were, if, if a person's brand new to this, you know, a, a complete plant-based diet, what would be, and they're like a rookie, mm -hmm. right, one of our mm -hmm. listeners, what would be the first place you would say that they start and like look for like a book to read or a or a, a product to experience and try? What would that what would that be a starting point for a brand new person to to who wants to go 100 percent plant based diet? There's so many things they can do. Um, so many places online like ForksOverKnives.com has got the most mm -hmm. amazing information. Uh, really, like they have everything. There's also things about, um, in fact, we're in January now, which they call um, Veganuary. There are so many websites that you can go into to take the challenge to be vegan for the month of January. I think it's veganuary.com. I'll look yeah. it up. Veganuary. <laughs> huh? That's it. Dot com. Yeah. Veganuary.com. Well, I'll look it up, and if it uh, if that plays out, uh, we'll make sure and include that in the description. 
for the uh, podcast when we get ready to release it. That'll be yeah, great. But it just takes um, it just takes a question. I always tell people keep asking questions about where your food comes from. Uh, you know how your food is benefiting your mind, body, and soul. And eventually, people will come to yeah. the right answers. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, and I don't, I don't, and because you travel so extensively, you could answer this question much better than mm-hmm. I. But in in the United States, it really unfortunately appears that people uh, fall to into the trap of eating for pleasure rather than purpose. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that in other countries? Yeah, as that's well? throughout the whole world. People eat for taste, convenience, and culture. Those are the main reasons okay. why people are are eating, uh, and it's okay. just about. I'd say like one of the challenges that I find is just breaking the conditioned mindset of believing, you know, why we eat this and why we eat that and why this is good for us and why this is bad for us. Um, Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the information that we have been given since childhood is now being proven false and incorrect. You know, like the fact that you only get protein from meat and the whole protein debate, right. you know, people yeah. asking me where do you get your protein and that kind of that kind of yeah. story. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, your sharing reminds me of uh, you know Dr. Bernard Jensen's work and the over sixty publications that he produced and talked about a minimum. And this was in, and that's back in his day, right? Fifty, sixty years ago when we had a little bit better quality foods out there, not by a whole lot, but there was still better quality. And he was, he was saying then that if you're not eating a minimum, a minimum of 80% plant-based diet, you are heading for disaster. Mm -hmm. So true. And that was the minimum, the minimum standard. And unfortunately, one of the things that we witnessed clinically is people are extremely uninformed or they're extremely misinformed. And so you're right. The protein debate is, is one of those. And does it seem to you also, Claire, that sometimes these debates come back around, like they, they recycle yes. <laughs> all the time. Okay. All the time. All the, all the time. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the best way to, for me personally, to uh, get the message out there is just my own story. I mean, I've healed an autoimmune disease by eating, a hundred percent plant-based. Um, in fact, I went completely fruitarian for, I mean, I, I'd say I'm probably still like 95% fruitarian at the moment, but I mm-hmm. ate only fruit for like eight months and completely mm-hmm. reversed an autoimmune disease. And doctors yes. told me that it was there. It was going to be there for life. I would have to be on meds for life. And they are, I mean, the doctors that told me this are completely dumbfounded that it's complete, it's like yeah. gone, you know, and yeah. if I've been eating only fruit for the last eight months, where did I get my protein from, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is this, the, 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 the picture, you know, to complete the picture there is that you, that's evidence that you tend to have a immune system weakness in an mm-hmm. area that only food's going to correct. And those doctors don't mm-hmm. know that. Yes. Only food can correct that weakness. And here's the other thing. And you already know this to be true and you don't have to experiment with it. I know Mm. you won't. If you go back to old dietary habits, guess what? We're rematerialized. Exactly. And people need to understand that. And that's where we, we, you and I, Gary, people like us, the, the mission that we're on, the journey, the path that we're running 
is to it really is about education right i mean it's about positioning people to have access to information they didn't know they had access to so they can make a better informed decision and then when they experience something like what you do and say oh wow that does taste like a cheeseburger <laughs> steak thank you so much or a blt right um boy it's easy to win them over when you can address taste convenience and mm-hmm. culture that's right is that one of the things that you try to do with everybody, whether you're working with like a one-on-one coaching or building a restaurant? I mean, is it always about those three things that you try to address in your approach? Yeah, like uh, with my one-on-one coaching, I also address the fact that, you know, uh, food is, it comes in many forms. You know, it comes in the food that we eat uh, and drink, and then it comes in a form called primary food. So, uh, you know, the food that we eat and drink is secondary. Primary food are things like um, love, family, connection, community, things like that that feed our soul that are so much more important and healing than, you know, anything else. If we don't have primary food, the secondary food is not going to feed us correctly. Um, Another thing I experienced um, wholeheartedly in the depths of my eating disorder and, you know, just the the life that I've been through so far. Um, But, yeah, I mean, food as in secondary food is food is the strongest medicine out there and it's also the strongest poison. So we really need to be, be wary and be mindful of what we're putting into our bodies. Yes. One of the things that I did uh, 20 years ago is I stopped watching mainstream news programs. Great idea. Love that. Okay. And, and so, and my, and I, when I tell people this, and I share it with them. They look at me kind of odd. And I say, well, you, you, do you find that challenging? Or, oh, well, how do you find out what's going on? I said, listen, if it's important enough for me to know, I find That's out right. about it. That's right. Exactly. There's <laughs> no sense in us sitting in front of the box and getting brainwashed by these news channels. <laughs> That's the most toxic energy you can start yeah, your day with. And terrible. this is the thing. In America... In America, they start and finish their day with Yeah, them. I know. It's so sad. So many people do. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to start making it a part of my intake uh, procedure to challenge people to not to avoid mainstream media for the first 90 days. Yeah, I know. It's so important. So important. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you, my life has been nothing but greatly enhanced since I stopped watching mainstream uh, news media sources. Yeah time to do some like important things yes yes so so very true so very true well i'll tell you what i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed our conversation together i could go on and on and i i appreciate the depth and the uh the you know the different directions that our conversation has taken today it's really been really been enlightening and helpful for me and i and i i just appreciate you for that thank you so good talking to you dan (laughs) yes For Claire Roberto, this is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We will be sure and list Claire's uh, website, which is Claire Sharon, that's S-H-A-R-R-Y-N, Roberto.com. That's going to be live in the next 30 days or so, so please be sure and tune into that. And uh, remember that this is Veganary, right? Did I say that right, Claire? Veganary month? Yeah, Veganuary. Veganuary. Thank you. I didn't. Okay. I had the right wording and not the right pronunciation. Okay. So com. Just we're going to check that out and see if that's uh, on. So, uh, so again, thank you so much, Claire. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Total Wellness Radio. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to tune in to all of our interviews and the life-changing natural approaches you can take with your health. For those of you who haven't had a chance yet, please do subscribe. And when you get a chance, also leave a review on this podcast or other episodes that you've enjoyed from Total Wellness Radio. 